and he said, "Echo boys, pick a stick up. And being left-handed as cricket, I picked it up left-handed. Good, he said, goalkeeper. Welcome to Bailiwick Express podcast. My name is Nicole Moore and today I'm joined by Tim Pollard, the Islander who has been selected to join England's over-80s hockey team. Hi Tim, thanks for joining me today in the studio. It's, it's great pleasure. to have you here. It's a pleasure, Nicole. So I just wanted to chat a little bit about how you're feeling about the event and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, just get to know a little bit more about you. So my first question to you is, um, I'd like for you to take us back to when you were young. Did you did you play sports? Was hockey one of the, the, the sports that you were playing? Hockey's been my mainstay, but I play cricket as well. Um, very often you find players that cover the boat, certainly in the island, they play both. But hockey is my main sport. Yep. And did you... Did you learn to play hockey in Jersey? Have you, have you always lived in Jersey? No, or? I haven't. I was born in Northumberland, in Newcastle, and I played at prep school in a place called Torbridge, which is near Hexham, very close to Corstopperton, which is the Roman camp. Somebody said, were you there then? I said, no, no, there was, that was a bit before me. But it had the um, headmaster, unusual headmaster, and a spring term, he came into the dressing room and he threw down a whole load of hockey sticks and he said, Echo boys, pick a stick up. And being left-handed as cricket, I picked it up left-handed. Good, he said, goalkeeper. I said, why do you say that? Well, he said, you can't play hockey any other way. You're a goalkeeper. What was amazing was it stuck all the way through all these years. But the equipment, I think, was best used as, um, out of a museum. The pads were okay, the kickers were ancient. And that was it. No chest protector, no masks. Masks never came in at all. And they used to play on the rugby pitch, which had been played the previous term. And, of course, the rugby pitch is quite dug up, so the ball used to fly around. most amazing thing was I never got hit in the face. So going from that, I was there for a couple of years, and I, my parents moved down to the West Country, down to Bristol. And I then came, obviously came down with them, and I went to school in Dorset. Ironically, I have one of the best hockey schools in the country. And my father had said... What are you playing hockey for? I said, you sent me there. He didn't, he wasn't too keen on hockey. It was a girls game. But he played um, rugby, he played rugby for Northumberland. So he hoped that I would follow at least playing the game. It didn't work that way. However, since I got to school in Dorset, it was a good hockey school, a good school, I think. And learned the game better. And in fact, when, on the, literally on the first week of the school term, my first day, the housemaster came in he said, right, just want to find out if any of you have played hockey before. One or two hands put up and I put mine up. He said, oh, where did you play? Goalkeeper. Oh, excellent, he said, excellent. We're a little short on those. And then he began to wonder why. The equipment was better than I had at prep school, very much better. But um, it grew from there. Played at Canada, at Canada for five years, then moved to back to Bristol where I was working, started work. And I played, um, I joined a hockey club called Bristol, which is seemingly fitting. And I learnt my trade even more. It's, uh, it's a good sport. Stick work, and you get on pretty well with your opponents. You did then, because in my days, there weren't such thing as leagues. Mm. Leagues always meant an extra point or so, so you didn't always have that. 
But I stayed with Bristol and I moved to another side called West Gloucester, which was again on outskirts of Bristol, and played there. Um, I got my first county cap for Gloucestershire, which is ironic because if I was playing in the club second 11, the first 11 chap was playing for Somerset and goal. So he was in Somerset, I was Gloucester, the other first and seconds around. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Good hockey. I got what? Some about 35, 36 caps for Gloucestershire before I moved. In the meantime, I then moved to the Midlands for four years, playing hockey for Eversham. I use the word Eversham. People say that if you haven't been there, you just say Eversham, but it's Eversham. And I played there for um, quite a while. Lovely hockey, great ground. And then I moved to, funnily enough, I was just talking to a friend at work uh, I, over here, in fact, in Jersey, and I said, oh, how are you getting on? How's life there? He says, wonderful. I'd, and he and I both started in stockbroking the same day in two different firms. So we had a pretty common ground. And I said, just out of curiosity, do you have any jobs going? Well, yes, he said, we're looking for an investment manager. Would you be interested? But he said, would you want to come all that way? Oh, I said, if the job was good, of course I would. I didn't fancy spending the rest of my life working in Birmingham. No offence. <laughs> and I stayed... So I came over for an interview, got the job. My parents, my mother was saying, but you haven't even been there. I granted I hadn't been there for holiday like most people had. Mm. And I stayed and I came over in 1970, immediately joined the hockey club and, uh, and cricket. And it's been great ever since. Lovely place, super country, super people. So is, is that where you'd say that your passion for hockey has stemmed from? It stemmed really from England, from Dorset at school, and then going further forward with playing with men in, uh, in Bristol and South Gloucester and Gloucestershire. And then um, playing for Jersey. Uh, Jersey was affiliated to Dorset as a county. So I then became a player for Dorset, had 60-odd caps for that. Um, but it's all good. It was played in enjoyment. Of course, these days you wanted a point, you needed a points league to win and do well. But it was good. I would never change the sport. I would never choose to I'd never choose to play soccer or anything like that. Hockey's been my mainstay. And of course cricket is good and again the combination works well. That's good. Sounds mm. sounds fantastic. So you're definitely a sportsman in your past and you still are to this day, aren't yeah, as you? As long as I can be. Once I become a liability, <laughs> I toddle off. That leads me on to ask you, how does it feel to be selected for the England team? Oh, it's always very nice. I mean, it's, it's the funny thing is I joined LX 60, uh, 58. You couldn't play international sides, but you could play for LX. So lots of visiting, lots of sides you played. And um, England's, there is England internationals, as you know, up to veterans and you've got English vets. And then from 60, it goes up in lots of five, 60, 65, 70. But before all that, I'd been playing hockey in London while I was in London working. And uh, they thought it was obviously quite good. They said, have you ever thought of going for an international trial? This was in probably 1962. I said, no, not really. He said, I'll tell you what, have you got any Scottish blood in you? I said, my mother's a Scot. Grant, he said, I'm going to get you a trial for Scotland. So he came back and he said, right, if you can turn up at so-and-so on the day, I've got a, a, um, a game for you to play for London Scottish, as they might call them, against so and other English side. So I did, thoroughly enjoyed it. They felt I was obviously knew what I was doing. 
And they eventually, at the end of the season, they would like to go to Edinburgh for the final trial for Scotland. I said, I'd love to. So I went away all the way up to Edinburgh, a wonderful place called Craig Lockhart. Now, if you've ever seen, and you're probably too young to see, things like um, Dr. Finley's Casebook, this series on a... Well, you go into this hotel, the wallpaper is tartan, all through. And the receptionist, she said, oh, by the way, there's two, in, the two of the selectors are here. They're upstairs having uh, cocoa. So go upstairs. It's like a pit out of Dr. Philly. We drama whiskey and cocoa and a black and white television. That also shows the date. And um, <laughs> <laughs> it was great to stay and talk with them. And they said, well, how do you reckon you're qualified to play for Scotland? Well, I said, my mother's a Mackay. Mm-hmm. And I said, my great-great-great-great-grandfather was Procurator Fiscal of Dumbarton. Well, the cocoa nearly went all over the place. Is that right? I said, is that right? Fresh out of Dr. Finley. And um, I had a couple of trials. I became, I was a reserve because the goalkeeper then was a very, very fine goalkeeper, a chap called George Black. Mm. And he, he was a, ma- a fine keeper, very, very fine keeper. I didn't think I was going to get in at all. I kept as reserve for a time. But then used to play for these Scottish tourists, or as they called them, veterans or vintage. Till I had three years playing with Scotland in the World Cup in South Africa, um, in England and one other country. And that was great. That was playing for Scotland vets. And eventually I got to a stage of life where I could have played for England, but I didn't. I was playing for Scotland. And they suddenly got to an age where they hadn't got an age group for me which was then over 70s, over 75s. So the Scots very kindly said, look, if you go to England, you've got a fair chance of playing. So I did that. Having played for the Scots over 60s, over 65s and 70s, I then had to go to England, play for the 75s and now the 80s. But it's been wonderful. Uh, The people are so good, thoroughly enjoyable. I'm very glad I continued. And as somebody said, what are you going to do when you finish? Well, I said, when I finish... The only way I will finish once I become a liability to the rest of my players. If I'm making mistakes that make them cringe, I'll stop playing. Well then, just going back to what you said, what was the reason for you not wanting to play for England when you had the opportunity to? Was that just because you enjoyed playing for Scotland? I'd already chosen to play for Scotland um, in 62 onwards. And I hadn't been even thinking about LX or England at all at that time. It was only playing against one or two people. So why don't you turn, come down to England LX? I said, well, I'm quite happy where I am. But then eventually they said, well, look, Scott, or Scotland actually said, you don't, we don't have an age group for that, so we can't play you. You're too old. Oh, no. <laughs> so old. <laughs> so we went off from there, and I said, well, okay. And then I, I approached England, and England said, yes, of course you can. It doesn't matter if you, if you think, okay, you've played for Scotland. But now you're of an age that they don't have a side, but we do. So I played for 75s for a number of years. And how was your first game playing for the um, over 75s? Gosh, you test. You're a tester. (laughs) (laughs) It was fine. I mean, they're a nice crowd. All these people are a similar age group you're playing with. Mm. Now, the snag is compared to here, that if I played in league hockey over here, so many were 20, 25, 30 or younger. And it's a different game, it's much quicker. Whereas playing with the 75s, you're playing with a, a different speed. And of course, 80s are the same. More sense. 
And do you do you ever think back to the first time that you ever played hockey? I think I do sometimes. But we're going back to the days in, in Northumberland. I always remember one of this is the equipment you had. You never had a chest protector. Mm. You had a pair of pads, but you never had a box. Now a box, I'm sure you probably may know, is very important in cricket uh, for batsman and wicketkeeper, and also for hockey. When my father said, don't forget to ask the headmaster, make sure you have a box if you're going to play and go. So I said to the headmaster, excuse me, sir, would you mind if I had a box if I'm going to go and go? Box, he said, you don't need one. It's so cold up in Northumberland, you won't feel a thing. But when I went to Canford, this is my older school, that was different. They made damn sure you had everything. It's interesting, isn't it? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And um, could you ever see yourself playing for England when you were younger? Not really. I never thought I was probably good enough. Um, playing for the, the groups like the LX up upwards, the age-wise, that was more potential. And I was, I was pleased to actually ever get invited to play. I played, um, I think one of the first games was in Kuala Lumpur in 2002, when it was the World Cup. Oh, wow. And I played then. And from then on, every four years, I can't remember in order it is, but... Places like South Africa, Sicily, um, played in England, Germany, France. In fact, the first one I remember winning was in 2002 when we won the European Cup. That was England in, uh, in France. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's nice to win. It hasn't quite got... It is. It's got the same thing. You always want to beat the old popular thing. You want to beat the Germans at everything. But it's, you do. But this great social side too. Afterwards, you have a drink and you have a natter. It's not sort of going for the going for the throat, but you want to win. Otherwise, you don't play sport. Yeah, of I think that anyhow. Mm. Mm. So, have you? Would you say that you've built up quite a good rapport with other with other players? So you yeah, I mean, other clubs I joined. I was invited to join a side called the Members, based in in England. Now, their captain was a former Great Britain captain called Sutty, and we went to Cambodia. Estonia, Sicily, all of these places, um, Italy two or three times. And what is so nice, they just didn't concentrate on taking your men, the team. Your wives or girlfriends could come, and of course they did. And they thoroughly enjoy seeing places like they would never see before, like Cambodia. Lovely people, incredible people, lovely people. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. It so is. you've got to travel around a lot, which yeah, is, yeah. Which that was, is great. That's great. Yeah. Um, we went to Sicily a couple of times. We won it one time. We were called the Legends. And we had to go back the following time to defend it. But we played against Italy, over 50s, or 50, yeah, over 55s, um, a couple of English club sides. But what was so interesting, they made sure that the opposition put you under pressure. And we won that tournament that particular year. And we automatically got invited back. And we suddenly realised realized that the Italians were bringing a younger side and so on. So captains, the captain or the match manager said, we may lose, but don't worry, because if we win this, we're going to have to come back again. <laughs> we didn't lose on purpose, but we lost to a better side. But that sort of thing, you know, you see the countryside. We saw Vesuvius, you know, the, um, the volcanoes. We drove around a countryside. And I mean, Cambodia was incredible speaking to... Um, a resident, he's one of half a dozen survivors who's still alive after 
the Viet Cong situation. Wonderful to speak to through an interpreter. But you suddenly see what life was like. You learn so much, not just by playing hockey against a foreign side, but from the local people. Yeah, that's so nice, isn't it? It to, is. To it understand really is. and mm-hmm. get involved in their culture, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, where you mentioned before where you had to keep going back to defend the title, <laughs> of course you are a legend. <laughs> I mean, you're playing for England. <laughs> um, how are you feeling ahead of the game? It's a curious thing, looking forward to enjoying the game. Um, and, and being a goalkeeper... Once you've, in a sense, kicked the ball or saved the it brings you in. It, it's, it's a bit like a footballer who puts either puts the ball in the net or whatever it is. It makes it important to... Um, it brings you into the game and relaxes you. And when I got one in one particular game, I had to leap up and push the ball away. And at the presentation afterwards, I was presented with a pair of high heels. <laughs> Why is that? Humour. Said, we said, we noticed you were leaping high, but we thought if you pair had, had a pair of high heels, it might not be quite so far to leap. You know, <laughs> That's you, fantastic. Pure humour, brilliant, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> and, um, and can you tell me a little bit about the team that you'll be playing under and, and what is the name of your team? Well, sensibly, it's just called England, England uh, Hockey 11, England 11. It's just an age group. It's been going for about a year and... Last year, we were due to play the Dutch, but COVID and everything cancelled that out. This year, we're playing them again. It's the same sides, but it's just called England 80s uh, against the Dutch 80s. We made such good friends with the Dutch. Um, Hospitality is marvellous. They look after you so well when you go over there. We hope to do the same when they come to us at Bisham Abbey later on next month, this month. Lovely. So... The name the ancients where does that come from <laughs> <laughs> well this tournament has got as i said ancients it was a humorous ins, uh, insert over 75s and the no aspirants is over 75s and ancients are 80s i think they said it in a sense of humor but it's stuck <laughs> so would you much rather be preferred to called the legends <laughs> oh no <laughs> Someone else has got to call me that. I couldn't dream of that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great to talk Nicole, to you. You're very welcome. Thanks. And um, good luck. Thank you very much. <laughs> And that was the latest from Tim Pollard. On behalf of Bailiwick Express, we would like to wish Tim the very best of luck ahead of his game. Don't forget to like and share and we'll catch you next time.